When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. A camel shirt. Hello, welcome back to the fighting clock. Uh, joined once again by Ricky and John on the back of a, um, well, it felt like a win, weirdly. I don't know, I was so positive afterwards, despite the fact that we didn't win. It was a draw away at the Emirates, but it was the performance, wasn't it? It was all the bullshit we was having to hear in a run-up to this game that didn't turn out to be true. Did you see Paul Merson's little bit on the weekend preview thing? And he was going, Arsenal are going to absolutely fucking drub them. It'll be convincing. It'll be easy. Wasn't easy though, was it? In fact, we turned up and dominated possession, didn't we, Paul? Ricky, how are you, mate? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Like going back to uh, pundits or um, any gooner, uh, they were kind of saying if you if you come to the swamp and you want to go toe to toe with the gooners, you want to go toe to toe with possession, you want to go toe to toe attacking us in our own gaff. You were going to get destroyed. You're going to get run over. You're going to get manhandled, and you're just going to get folded up. But like you just said, we had more possession. We passed more. We were like very attacking. Um, and all I wanted out of this game, I just, I didn't want us to commit something stupid like uh, like we've seen previously, a Larice Howler, a red card, um, a major injury going into the game that would heavily influence the result um i just wanted just to turn up to be brave show courage some passion and some like to restore some pride in the badge going up against that lot um i was very proud and that is exactly what i fucking got that's exactly what we all wanted and it's exactly what we got i, we- I was over the moon i, I know it's a draw but um, it was in the manner. It wasn't a snatched kind of plucky Tottenham draw that um, a, a ref kind of decision went our way. We scored two goals, great goals from open play. They scored by uh, a, an oggy mm. and fucking a penalty decision. Mm. You know what I mean? We, I've, what I felt like, I felt like we put two fingers up their ass. Not one, we put two, right? And we lifted them just a bit. And they were sort of walking <laughs> awkwardly around the room. That's kind of what we... What we did, we just made them feel uncomfortable. They came out, they tried to give it the big I am, trying to press, and eventually it got to a stage where, fuck, this isn't working, and we're really tired. Oh, that's a shame, because we don't fucking stop. Um, John Boyer. Yeah, mate, I, um, I, I feel like you get a point for a draw, but we somehow got a point and a half there, because... <laughs> That was a it was a it was a draw on paper, but it was a moral victory. It was a victory for bravery. It was a victory for not being muggy little slags. It was a, a victory for anyone with any sort of sense of human decency. Um they they started the, the the game like well, they they 
pressed us and all the uh, lead up to the game, there was a lot of talk of if you try and play open against us, you'll get slaughtered, I think was what what Merson said. And like Rick said, loads of people talking about that. You can't you can't play this way against Arsenal because this will happen to you. Can't we? What I don't think they realised is that you can't play that way against Tottenham. Otherwise, you'll get slumped, yeah. my son. Yeah. And when that 10 minutes went up, when it was 2-all and the 10 minutes of extra time went up, they even said it on the on the commentary, the away fans were the ones cheering on yes. that wanted that 10 minutes. Yeah. We were the ones, because when it went up, it was quiet on the commentary. You couldn't really hear it because we were in the social and it was really noisy and loud. You couldn't really hear it. And I was like, that's a bit weird. And then on commentary, I could hear him say, like, that's really unusual that the away fans are the ones cheering on the 10 minutes. And that summed it up for me. Like they wanted to get out of there, and we were still thinking that we could win it. And they were they were scared by the end of that game. Totally mental, meant the complete shift in a football club. I don't think I've ever seen something as quickly because this, like, the big question was: this is the big test. This is their first test. This is Spurs' first test. Who have they beat? What Burnley? What what Sheffield United? What Manchester United? They're in disarray. Brentford are not that good. Yeah, but 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 look at how we went about dispatching those teams. But this was the big one, wasn't it? Because this is not only is it probably Spurs' most difficult away test in a away game in the league. Arsenal away, I was it's the one I dread the most, I imagine. The one I'm least confident about. That and Man City and Liverpool. But Arsenal especially because of the rivalry. And the question is, is did we pass the test? Did did Ange Postacoglu's football play out? Did it win out? Was it successful? Was his was his ethos and relentless relentlessness in in, in 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 maintaining the ball? Did did his system pass the test? And emphatically, it did because it doesn't matter of the result. Even if we would have lost that game, as long as we maintained our principle, maintain and stay true to what Postacoglu wants us to do. Then that's all. So you know, you win or lose games, it doesn't matter. It's going to happen. But did you play the way you're supposed to play? And that happened yesterday. Fifty-seven percent possession. It was what it was. There was one point in the second in the in the second half where it was, it was up to seventy-one against Arsenal, who were this all-conquering possession team. And we went to their their, their own backyard and played their game better than they did. After all, and, and I wouldn't even be, like, I'd always give them grief because they're Arsenal fans. But it was all the shit, all the conversations that I had to have in the week running up to, the, in, in the run up to this. All the shit that they were saying. All like doing these combined 11s and having two Spurs players in there and all this stuff. How many fucking Spurs players get into the Arsenal team now? Hey? How many Arsenal, <laughs> how many Arsenal players get in our team now? Hey? Where was Zinchenko? Apparently Zinchenko is the bollocks, the best left back in the, one of the best left back in the league. Udogi was one of the best players on that fucking pitch. Odegaard, what the fuck did he do? Anonymous, Madison, crucial in both goals. Absolutely turned Saka inside out. Anyway, we're covering lots of the running order here. Um, <laughs> the question is, uh, Ricky, did we pass the test? Yeah, we did. Um, <clears throat> the the first goal, I think, uh, where. Like you just said, uh, Maddis turned Saka inside out. With uh, Andy's football, he wants he wants us to play brave and show courage and kind of. He understands that when we get into positions and we try something that sometimes it might not work, and Maddis turning him and having that kind of mindset to go past him, drive you know, go for glory basically. Go get me a fucking hot dog. In- is exactly what he did. 
<laughs> turned him inside out, ran to the byline and put it back. And then Sonny bravery to get in between the two players and stick it in the back of the net. And then the second goal, that high intensity press, high up the pitch. Don't let him think on the ball. And Jorginho shit his pants, got robbed. And then Madders played Sonny in. And it's exactly how um, Ange would have liked us to have scored those goals. Also, there was um, a passage of play in the second half. I think it was second half. I think at the very end of it, Porro uh, squared the ball to Sonny, tried to, uh, and, and there was an Arsenal block that, that happened. That, that could have easily like, gone in. That could easily, if it got to Sonny, you would have buried the, it. The, the passage of play building up to that yeah. was incredible. Yeah. And you're seeing patch of the patches of that. I mean, yeah. you saw quite a lot of it in the Burnley game. And then games Sheffield United, and now we're going to Arsenal. We have the. I, I keep saying courage, and I can't think of a word at the moment because it's just, it, it's it, just imprinted it, in my head. But when you're courage. when you're playing, yeah, when you when you're playing, um, when you're playing from the back and you're inviting pressure to play under that, we used to do that under Conte. And we used to let our defenders have the ball, let the opposition press us, and then we would quickly, the transition then, get up the pitch to, to Sonny and Kane. But more often than not, our players would kind of shit themselves, would turn their back, give it to Lloris, and it was yeah. like all this confused, kind of like scared. But how it looked like Tottenham going to the Emirates and playing in that way and continuing to play in that way. I It was like, this is a totally different... Tottenham side and they didn't expect it either I didn't expect it I was like I was, I, fucking I, hell oh, I was like stop. normally I'm like hoof the ball out and clear your lines shit in my pants but they're like nah 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 we're just gonna pop it about and then when they were popping it about and it was like in one of our kind of corners and I was like shit man they're coming round on us and a couple of passes and then like Van der Ven is tearing away to pass it to a doggy. then that's three or four players that have tried to press us in that corner flag era they're out the game. That's yeah. it. Them done. Yeah. I was like, this is insane. Yeah. I was exhausted by 45 minutes. I've got to be honest. I was watching it and we were just, like you said, it was just insistent on playing it out from the back. And I was, I could feel myself turning into my dad because my dad would have been fucking screaming at the telly. Enough of that shit. Get it out. Get it out. And that's, that's what, I, in my head, I was like, can't say it because that's fucking like, you know, old school, boring bullshit that we once saw. And the, 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 the plus side, the benefit to being able to break a press in that area means that the pitch opens up. Essentially, you invite and create counter-attacking opportunities rather than just winning the ball back, right? Yeah, but I, I was just looking, I was looking at it and every time Vicario got the ball, who was absolutely perfect with the ball pretty much. Uh, yeah. Apart from that pass, suicide pass into Madison, I think uh, other than that, um, you know, where... where Jesus was, you know, should have scored. Um, he was pretty perfect, but it was just how comfortable they were. And there may be times through the season where someone gets picked off and they, they we concede. But how many opportunities are going to be created by playing that way? And it, it, that, whether you like it or not, as a Spurs fan, and I'm sure most of us do, and there'll be a bigger test when we lose a couple on the bounce if that ever happens. But it is the way he's going to play regardless. And that is, that's ballsy and I love it. Um... Yeah, we passed the test, didn't we, John? Flying colours, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, one hundred percent. I was just, um, I was just thinking to myself then. I remember when that whole passage of play, like how we started the game, where we were just literally like keeping it, and we were being comfortable in possession, and they were pressing us high. 
<laughs> I was having to remind myself that this is like this is the way Ange wants to play and this is the way he's going to play and actually the player's not just feeling the pressure and clearing it is a really good sign it's really horrible for us to take it because you see players pressing in your own box and to a certain extent there were times when they were playing in the six yard box it was that yeah it was that kind of high that was risk ha- that was hard that, that, that was hard <laughs> it, it was really hard but what it's well close what to it the reminded goal. me of yeah it's really close what it reminded me of is like you know if you ever had to go for like a mri or any sort of like when you're in enclosed space and it's like your rational mind is like i need to do this it's good for me it's uncomfortable, but if I just lay it, it's like being in bed. It's just this thing is really close to me, and it's like a bit, bit scary. But your your like body and your, your mind is going mental, going, I'm going to get trapped, I'm stuck, something bad's going to happen. And actually, you just need to like calm yourself down and realise, just don't worry about it, it's going to be fine. And this is all intentional, it's all part of the plan, and it'll be all right. And I just kept telling myself, like, this is all part of it. Like, I have to get used to this. I have to change my mentality of what I'm expecting because the upside is okay and the upside is actually really good and it's worth it to go through the, the stress and strain. And I think that was the test for me. I saw I saw some other bits and pieces about Ange where there was a game where, and I'm not sure if it was for Celtic, I think it might be one of his other clubs, where he'd been with them for a little while and they were doing really well. And in one of the games, they, they played out a couple of times, got caught a couple of times and went 2-0 down. And then at three nil down, uh, sorry, at two nil down, they just kept playing the same way, and they were taking loads of risks, like in their own area. And he said that was the moment he realised that the players were with him, yes. and that they got what he was yeah, trying to do. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Now, and I feel like this was a prime example. Madison gave the ball away from that Vicario. You mentioned it, that Vicario sort of um, ball inside the area, and Jesus spanks it over because he's he's not as good as as not as good as Son, never going to be. Um, and that moment could have easily been, right, next time I get it, just clear it. Next time we get it, boys, just clear it. Let's just go long for the next 10, right? Like, that's what all of us would say if we were on a football pitch in that scenario. That's oh, next exactly 10, what I want. Nothing silly. Exactly. Because that's what we used to. That's what I wanted. But that was, so, that was so ballsy from the players that actually they, they were doing it more. They were just doing it better after that point. And that, it, that anecdote popped into my head. I thought he must be there going, this is the biggest, most high-pressured game we'll have this season away at the Emirates. And they haven't folded. They haven't given up. And then, and then we went on and did what we did in that game. It was fucking brilliant. It was the minute after that ball, the place kick, you just rolled it out again. Start again, boys. Mm. We go again. Let's do it again. It, that was quality. But boys, I'm looking at you two when you're talking. The, the energy and the, just, the, the, the glee in a game that we didn't win. But there is something, and it's clear to everybody now, and it's clear outside of the, uh, of the club as well, but it's something, there's something happening that, that feels really special. And I was—I don't know if you managed to see the um, the interview you did with Gary Lineker. It was on—I uh, yeah. think it was on iPlayer, I think. Um, and he said they talk about like you know a trophy. A trophy is really important. And he goes, "Yeah, it's a trophy, but you just you want to build a club that's more than just winning a trophy. The trophy can't be the end of the journey. You want to build a culture at a football club which is and belongs in that conversation constantly. It's not enough." Um, I'm going to wax lyrical. We're actually talking to two Aussie guys tomorrow. Um, I'm having a chat to them on the podcast uh, about what's going on over in Australia because apparently it's fucking mental. There's people not even watching football watching Tottenham at the moment. Um, yes. So we're going to find out what's going on over there. Um, we've got a question here from... Actually, before we go into the question, uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody who turned up to the social and say thank you. They're here to watch Spurs. They were there to watch Spurs, but they made it a quality atmosphere. It was one of the best ones we've done, I think. Uh, thank you to the Bellevue Pub for putting us up. Sorry for all the beer. Sorry for the... St- it was the stickiest floor I've ever seen. 
Like, I've seen yeah. less sticky floors in certain establishments in Hamburg. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the most filthiest city you'll ever go to, Hamburg. If you like smut, visit Hamburg. That's all I would say. I'd pro- I should probably visit. Well, you're into smut, are you? Yeah. Why, that, yeah it's a time. shame that smut as a word has sort of gone down the pan, really, isn't it? It's like, it's a good word. Oh, I'm going to go yeah. upstairs and have a look at some smut. Not, <laughs> not one out. Smut kind of died with magazines, didn't it? Yeah. Blue talk. You can't use that expression anymore. It's that sort of era, isn't yeah. it? Always a bit blue, a bit, bit smut, a bit of blue. Well, I don't think I would actually it. be able to not one out to magazines anymore. I don't think there's not enough in there. Nah. nah, I'm used to the visuals now, like yeah. moving images, much use, better. Even, do... a, even a GIF, I need the sound, I need the audio. Audio visuals, where I'm at now. 4K. And Minimum. Minimum. Yeah, that is the, the, the thing, you get to 4K and then you're like, can't go back really. Yeah, even uh, the 90s, some of them you're just like, wow, this it was, you know, how was I even enjoying this? I can it, barely, yeah. you know, the, the pixels of anything, just... Anything less than 720p. <laughs> it's just... I'm not, not interested, and I'm not I'm, aroused. I'm not. I'm just, I won't give it the time of day. I just won't. <laughs> um, Rick, can you still do a mindy? Yeah, God, yeah, 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 yeah. You really? Pulling out the bag, yeah, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. How? Because I'm, I'm one of these guys that can't visualize or people. Look, I can't create images in my head. Yeah, you've, I remember you telling me. That. Yeah. So if you mm. say, if I say visualize an apple in a brain, I can't visualize it. I don't see anything. It's just nothing there. Whereas you can see an apple, right? So that means you can yeah. see boobs whenever you like. Yeah. You're looking yeah, at boobs right now, much. aren't you? In your, in your brain. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, a bit I weird know. though, because what, what, there's one breast and one apple because you've just said it. <laughs> so it's a bit, bit of a weird one for me. So, so mine was just it's an bit... apple in, in a pair of tits. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't get motivated. <laughs> and eating the apple at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so thank you to everyone to come come down. It'd be good. We're probably going to do another one, uh, Man City away. Um, so yeah, uh, keep an eye out for tickets as and when. Um, got a question here from Boxing Mad Man. It says, "There's a lot of love for the way we play football currently. However, many are expecting a hiccup. Who do you think this hiccup will be against? I don't. I. I mean, hiccups would suggest that the system fouls us, or does it simply suggest there will be a time?" in the near future where we get pressed and lose a ball and concede a goal. What does, it, what does a hiccup mean? And how many people? I think there's a lot less... I think, actually, to be fair to uh, Boxing Madman, um, I think all of us are expecting a much more difficult start to the season than we are currently experiencing. And that's not to say that these time, this time won't come, but it doesn't feel like... A hiccup is a mistake and you have to accept it. A poor performance is something else. I, I don't think we are going to see a poor performance such as the ones we saw towards the tail end of Conte's management where all of it was just fucking poor what do you reckon Rick? I don't know um, at the moment we've got that feel good factor around the club loving the way we're playing loving the kind of player camaraderie loving Ange and we are probably a little bit uh, maybe a little bit rose tinted glasses with, with some of it Um there come there, there will come a time where I, I feel like that we are having some great results, playing some great football. Um but I can see some complacency in our actual performance as to how we're playing and that we we'll rock up and we'll expect to turn teams like Sheffield United, Luton, Burn, you know, all, all those teams over. So there's a potential there. But again, 
uh, to stick it on uh, like individual players at the moment. I just, you know, I can't, I'm not looking at our team and going, they, they're a massive, they're a major concern. That's the weak link in our team. Like if I was, you know, there, there was a time where uh, when Royal was not at his best, getting a lot of grief. And I think if anyone looked at Tottenham, then would be like, yeah, go down Tottenham's right. That's 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 where you're going to get joy. And at the moment, I I I don't I don't see. I'm not looking at our players and thinking oh, we need to we, yeah where's, upgrade that person straight away. Where's your joy going to come from? Where's this best team? How yeah, you, how are you going to get your joy? I don't know. It's hard to you figure it out. What I can see is um, yeah, like the, the, the a system that is working and we may be getting carried away john we might be but so the fuck what i'm gonna yeah, get carried away until i see evidence otherwise up until at this moment we could win every game we could go this season unbeaten obviously we probably wouldn't obviously not but we could could we yeah could we i mean no and obviously well unbeaten the whole season you said i mean let's i mean because no one's going to be able to score enough goals that we can't match. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear like, what you're saying. How, do you know what I mean? They'd have to go like five nil up to because we could definitely score four at yeah, least. Yeah, yeah. So like, all right, I'll, I'll give maybe, you that. If someone scores, if someone goes five nil up against us, we may, we might lose that game. Might. Yeah, might. But it's it's, uh, it's that even that tough because yeah. you never know if you, you, get, never you know. get a couple more you could, get Richarlison firing who knows could come back anything's possible could, they could concede yeah. five and then you could score five in the second half so yeah. who knows um, <laughs> in terms of in terms of hiccups uh, I think it's a, like a completely fair question because we, we have all said it and I did feel like we would have dropped maybe more points um, before the season started but as the season's gone on like you both just said it just seems like the period where you're most likely to have those hiccups uh, is sort of We've got Liverpool uh, next, and then, you know, we've obviously had United. Brentford away was a tough game. I feel like that's where these things could come. So I feel like this Liverpool game is is the most likely, but also I'm going into it more optimistic than I've done for years. And exactly the same with 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 Arsenal. And I said it um, at the social as well. If that result didn't go away, but the performance was there, I don't think necessarily that's like a a, a season derailer or the Ange trains off the off the tracks. Right? It's just leaves on the tracks got to get them get them off and then carry on going it's not the end of the world and it's exactly the same with this liverpool scenario if that's what a hiccup is then potentially liverpool is a hiccup for us but again doesn't change like the direction of travel that we're in and we're in a really good space at the moment and we should now go into that game with as much confidence as as uh, as we ever have to be honest yeah what what's Tottenham, what what's our fixtures looking like um after liverpool and we got luton soon have we that'd be good uh, anyone know? You're just gonna stare at me. Yeah, I'm waiting for you. I thought the way you were saying it, in it, Rick. I thought. Yeah, like, no, you're, you're hunched over your laptop, like clicking at stuff. I thought, oh, yeah. he, oh he's doing it. Luton. No, After Liverpool, it's Luton. There you go. So, bang. If we beat Liverpool at home, could do. You know, beat Luton. What Fulham at home? Fucking beat them. Palace Smash away, them beat beans. them. Chelsea at home, yeah. beat them. Easy. Wolves away, beat them. Villa at home, ooh, yeah. but beat them. We could be top by 25th of yeah. November, having won all of the games. Brilliant. 
Bang. I'll take that, boys. <laughs> wouldn't even, honestly, but what you've just said there wouldn't surprise wouldn't me. massively shock me. Like, it would, I'd be buzzing and think about how amazing it would be. But I'm, I'm looking at that going, like, they are doable. That isn't ridiculous anymore. It's not mad. But that is do, definitely doable. I tell you what, I was worried when, when uh, Madison extended his leg. Yeah. That Mate, I looked at that and thought, that is fucking bad. Like, dislocated knee, maybe an ACL, something bad. When he was down, he was yeah. down for what, a while. And I was like, just stinks of Bentancourt sort of injury, wasn't it? And then just got up and carried on. It was fine. <laughs> I was just like, thank fuck. Because I was literally having a conversation in the pub going, ACL, ACL. That's him. He's out till fucking March, April. But uh, he was all right, wasn't he? Does that make, does it make you feel like um, how how kind of reliant that we are on him and that we we have to do something in January how can you to get an understudy a young understudy in how can something you? I don't know I mean you, you, we ha we have to try and bring another creative midfielder in that's you know similar to to him as a like for like repli uh, replacement because there is no one in our team that can do what he, what he does and if he comes out of the team and he's out of the team for I don't know, five, six games, that's going to be crucial. And I think we do need to um, have a a backup, but I don't know how we go about that, whether a, a player comes in knowing that they'll be uh, rotated, knowing that they're coming, they're taking a step up and coming to a, like a bigger club from where they were, or if we go down the route where we take a punt on a, a player from... The championship or lower Premier Premier League team that has been pulling the numbers in, um, and we and we just go for a punt from there. The tricky but, thing um, would be attracting anybody who's decent to to come in as his understudy. Like, who, like it, it might be that we we can buy someone from the lower leagues that will be happy just to be a part of it. But you kind of what there were there are players in every team that are indispensable, barring probably Manchester City, who seem to have. We'll see how 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 they they play without Rodri, but because he just got he got suspended, didn't he? he got sent off. But um, I don't know what I don't know how to solve that. But how you go about solving that problem, Rick? I think we have in Lacelso probably someone who's too good to be an understudy. But it just feels like that's never going to work at Spurs, does it? It kind of feels like nah, yeah, that that ship is gone, isn't it? But should Madison be injured, he would naturally be the player to come in. And I don't yeah, know. we were linked with that. Um... Alex Scott, weren't we, in the summer? And that, yeah, but that felt like what Rick was saying, like the sort of player that would be a step up for them, wouldn't expect to start, but is the similar sort of, well, I don't know much about him, but a similar sort of profile apparently to Madison. And we, did, we didn't go down that route. And I, I agree with what you're saying as well, Flav, to a certain extent, which is that it's very hard to bring players in when they know that that player is going to be the one that's starting. But being said, like that's the nature of what it takes if, you, if we want to kick on. I think it will be interesting to see where we are in January um, and where we need to strengthen at that point just given that you know if we we are in the mix for Champions League places or the title could we um, then we, we need to think about think about where we need to strengthen because then it might it might be like we ha absolutely have to do it because there's you know a lot of thought that La Celso could be gone like yeah. he wants to move on yeah, and, which yeah. is we'd be completely fair enough so we'd have space in the squad and a bit of cash and we'd need to replace it so yeah, maybe the answer is to find a player who can play there and also in other positions. Because don't forget, like, there's, we're all making the assumption that Benton Core is going to come straight back and be in there for Saar. 
there's no guarantee necessarily that he's uh he's going to be the player he was before and also there's no um there's nothing to say that he might also be the rotation for Basuma given that I can't see Shoibo playing there because he's not as dynamic and doesn't quite have the same like skill set as Basuma I'd say Bentoncourt is as is closer technically gifted wise mm. as Basuma I'm not saying that's his best position I'm saying that maybe that's where Ange might play him given that he needs to receive the ball and turn and beat the press and all that that still leaves you another player that needs to come in for Saar. So maybe there is space for another creative midfielder and you say to them, look, you will, you'll take minutes from Saar and Madison depending on the type of game. Yeah. So I think there's there's a lot of thought there, I think, with what Rick said, to be fair. Fair play. Uh, Lee Bishop, he says, of all the managers that we were linked to or we wanted in the summer, can you imagine things going this well with any of them? The answer is no. 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 Any, all all three of us would have chose... Pos Pochettino over Postacogli. All, all three of us would have. 100%. Yeah. I don't think and uh, I, I, I would have gone for um, Slot over Postacogli. Um, I think there's another manager as well. Uh, Postacogli, yeah, he was um, bottom of my list. And I'm not, I'm not fucking afraid to admit that and be honest about it. That's where I was at. You can listen to pods back, man. I, I fucking said it. I don't care. But um, I don't... I, I, uh, I, I don't like, fucking care. I don't... You fucking do what you want. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't care, mate. Don't care, we, yeah. we can do that. What are you going to do? I don't give a shit. Go listen to the pods. Go fuck yourself. I don't pretend to be a big uh, footballing brain. So I'm not... Um, I'm not going to be overly precious about it. But I'm glad that it's worked out the way it has. And that uh, I've got... Egg on my face, which is great. Love it. Love yeah. egg. Get egg all in me. It's X quality. I want eggs all over my face and in me. That's fine. Like, it's so good being wrong. It's so good yeah. being wrong. It's the people out there that, ha- that will steadfast in their belief just because they don't want to be wrong. It's great. It's the best thing on earth. Like, I think Richarlison is toilet, but I'm desperate <laughs> to be proven wrong. And obviously, I don't want to, you know, he's, he's, having, he's having these issues that at the moment and whatnot but you know, actually I've got it in big uh, block letters do not slate Richarlison do not slate Richarlison ever again so I won't um, but shit when he come on there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on uh, composure of a dogie to play um, oh. most of the game with a yellow was was tough That it looked like they were targeting him going down the right hand side a lot obviously Saka's there so it's naturally going to happen but he showed, and he just showed, he showed everything we knew we'd seen thus far, but was under huge amounts of pressure. The most pressurized game that he's been under, being targeted, playing against the best right winger, some might say, in the country. And he was excellent. He was one of our best players and calmed down. What did you think of his performance, John? Yeah, I thought he was magnificent. Like, given the. Given the rocky start he had, and he did have a rocky start. I remember he gave that ball away where he just like yeah. was trying to play it to Van der Ven and accidentally just played it through a through ball. Um, he had a bit of a shocker there, and then obviously the the booking was it was one of them in a derby. Normally you, that's your first one, and they, the ref lets it go. But it's a pretty like robust tackle. Fucking so shit like, that ref again. Oh, he was terrible. Rubbish. That's another that's another story. He was he was awful. But he gets his booking, and uh, you know again a lot of players just wilt under that pressure against a quality player in Saka who was who was playing really well. And he just composed himself and just got himself back into a position where he was able to like readjust. And again, like having like watched back some of the highlights and some of the commentary and stuff, the narrative around it was really interesting watching it back. Because again, it was noisy and stuff. We didn't really hear it when we were in the social. But 
Neville was basically just going after him, going, need to get him off. They need to get him off. His head's gone. He's going to he's gonna be sent off. Like, they need to make a sub, get Davies on and just, like, completely change things. And again, this is, like, for me, is further evidence that the players, they're, they are brave. And Rick's about, you know, like, courage. They've got that inbuilt because the manager trusts them. And he just, like, went from strength to strength in that second half particularly. He was so, so composed and so good. And um, he's 20. It's mental. Yeah. Like, he's a unit. He's he's massive. He's fast. He's got all the physical attributes, but his mentality and his skill set and his intelligence is just is just top top tier already. And he's twenty. It's it's absolutely mad. And you're right about the whole like Zinchenko thing. And I said it again in the Q and A. Everyone was talking about in their combined elevens. No one even like mentioned Destiny. It was just like assumed like yeah Zinchenko like. Fair enough, he's you know got a lot of uh, back catalogue that you can look at. Mm. But I don't think people realise outside of like the Spurs kind of um, contingent just how good this kid is going to be. It's funny and, you like, said how, that. What player I, we have. I got messages from two people who don't support Spurs and they said, I really like the look of that Adogi kid. He's, he's a very good player. And this is what it, people will start to realise very quickly yeah. how good a team we've got. And this is what some of the things that frustrated me in the week running up to. And it wasn't... I did about three different bits and a lot of it's about comparing Tottenham and Arsenal and, you know, it's the obvious stuff, what gets clicks on YouTube and, and why would, you know, so it's like base one football media production, do a combined 11, who's who's had the better um, last 10 years, whatever it might be. Um, and I just, my feeling from it was that you lot don't know almost anything about Tottenham. And we're going to make you realise. You're going to figure out very quickly how good this team is or could be. Um, and and plus, you're all dicks. Um, <laughs> and this is the thing: is that it didn't. Yesterday was a good result, and we played well. But I don't feel like we were anywhere near as good as we can be there. Yeah. And and that is a scary thought for the Premier League, for everybody, because no one wants Tottenham there. None of us, no one, fans of other clubs are looking at us going, for fuck's sake. Arsenal fans now are going, what? What, we had one season where we were better than them? And now what? They might, they might dress it up as anything other than, than, than this fact, is that there is nothing between Tottenham and Arsenal at the moment on, on, the, on the pitch. And actually, if you had to compare who was four years into their project, it wouldn't be looking, you wouldn't think it was Arsenal yesterday if you had no, no knowledge of um, you know the backgrounds going into that game, you'd think Spurs were the team that are four years into the project. We're fucking six games in, boy. Six six games, and we lost the, our greatest ever goal scorer as well. Yeah, and yeah. they're only like I know the goal. The goals like people talking about like an own goal and a penalty, but even like the Jesus chance was was essentially a mistake. They didn't actually like create anything against us. So like on another day, we don't we don't give away the penalty and we don't shank one into our own goal and we win that game quite comfortably. It was like that, that was the difference for me, right? It was completely different to normal that game. Yeah, 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 completely, that, yeah, yeah. It comfortable. Yeah, it was I, I mean, it was I, comfortable. I was nervous looking back at it, but I watched the extended highlights and I'm like, without you know the the fear of God of losing to them. And you're watching it and you're like, they did they had very little. Very little. Vicario made a great save at the beginning. They got their own goal and fucking Saka doing Madison's celebration. No like Madison's dealt with it. He's basically maybe he was still doing that celebration when I turned him inside out. He's dealt with it, right? It's done. He's dead. Saka's dead. But you 
it weren't like he rifled a ball into the top corner without it touching, just straight in, precision. It was going wide. It hit Romero and he does his fucking little dart. The point of the dart celebration is his accuracy. It's like, <laughs> and, and you're just hitting it wide, you fucking moron. <laughs> what a fucking little idiot. Um, yeah, and then uh, they had that. And then the penalty, I, look, I've got a question here from Glover Fort. It says, after the handball yesterday, is it time to put pockets in the shorts and assist players always have their hands in the pockets during games, but can only give themselves a little tickle after the match? Um, I, I've got to say, boys, I didn't have much problem with the penalty. If it was yeah. happening to if 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 that would happen to Saliba, I would be screaming penalty, stopping the ball yeah, going in the net. I don't, I don't, I think it was a penalty. Yeah, I've got no issue with it. If, um, but you know, it, there needs to be consistency. If it happens against us, then it needs to happen to everybody. There just doesn't seem to be any kind of consistency to consistency to these rules. Um, but that was the penalty, and apparently it hit Ben White's arm. Before, yeah. I didn't see that. And Madison got dragged to the ground as well in that build-up. So, like, basically, I saw like, a tweet saying, if if Ben White had just smashed it in, then they would have reviewed the goal and they'd have either seen it hit his hand or the foul on Madison. But they weren't looking for that because they were checking they're the supposed handball. To, they're supposed to look to the, the build-up of, of the incident, aren't they? I know. I, I don't, honestly, this is why um, this is why people get frustrated get with shit. with VAR. Yeah, just it's just really bad because it still just comes down to interpretation. But this time you've got more time, so it becomes more about like, is there a way for them to manipulate a situation and find an excuse or find a reason why they want things um, to happen? And I just think that's a really like dangerous precedent to set. Mm. I think I agree with you, Flav. Based on the current rules, based on the way that football works now, it's a penalty. In real life, in the normal world that football used to be, in fucking logic. Those type of penalties, and I'm not saying this one, but those type of penalties where you're one centimetre away and someone smashes the ball at you and you're just moving in a position, your hand's out. It's not handball, is it? But no. in the more modern world, the way that the rules are, that's handball. That's my problem with is the rules in general are just rubbish and that's why it's really hard for interpretation um, for them to decide what's what's handball and what's not. And VAR just exacerbates it. It's just the, it's just the worst. You can't celebrate goals anymore, and instead you get this garbage. Like just honestly, I'd just go back to just referees, please. This is trash. Um, yeah, I, I'd agree with you. Um, but you would, would have been given that penalty, wouldn't it? Then because he did, he did. Did he give it straight away? Can't remember. No. Um, you know Rice. He didn't know. Right. You know Rice. You know, he went off at half time. I've got a good authority that he isn't injured. He was just afraid. <laughs> Man, Uncle Ben's. Uncle Ben's two minutes in the microwave. Boy, was done. <laughs> he just went out there and went, I, I'm, I'm, to be honest, Mikel, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. Um, and I don't want to play on. They're too, they're too good. They're too good. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've got a question here from LT. He says, how much is East Basuma worth considering the fees for lesser players in his position? Rice, Enzo, and Casado. That, so that, we answer that question, but that's another thing that irked me last week is the shade that was thrown on Basuma. Like, Rice yeah. was obviously the answer to these combined 11. Rice is obviously the answer. Obviously, if you're going to have a six between Rice and Basuma, obviously, why? Why? He was he was a good he was a good player on the West Ham side. He's not he's a great you know don't get me wrong he's a great player at Rice I'm not taking anything away from him but there isn't huge amount there isn't a huge gap if any between Basuma and Rice. There's like pe players get credit just for playing for Arsenal I think like they they're just yeah. given an extra kind of a couple of sort of notches of cred credibility. 
merely because they play in an Arsenal shirt, rather than just looking at isolated, um, and looking at just, just what these players can do game to game. There isn't any difference between Basuma. You tell, like, if someone says swap Rice for Basuma, I wouldn't. Not the way we play. He's perfect nah, for us. Yeah, I'd much rather Basuma over Rice. Um, for the game against the Gooners, um, I think generally he, he played well. There was a couple of times where there was um, some misplaced passes. Yeah. A couple of times where he was just um, on the ball a little bit too long, got dispossessed. Um, but overall, he's just such a safe pair of hands where we're being pressed in those like I was saying earlier when you when you're in your own half at your own corner flag you want someone like Basuma that is going to be able to get the ball and move out of there with no problems I didn't really appreciate how good he was because of uh, I didn't I didn't particularly have a close eye at him when he was at Brighton and then under Conte he was never used um but he like he really does have the Moose and Dembele's about him, like how he can keep the ball and how he can drive up the pitch and that close control and technique. It's just, um, I think we've got an absolute gem, gem on our hands and I think he will just get better. He will just get better and better. <laughs> and at the moment, he's feeling very confident because of the way that we're playing and he may hold on to the ball a little bit longer um, and he may do bits and pieces, but he it was just, it's just going to get refined and refined, and he's just going to be an insane player for us, I reckon. Do you know? Do you know? We were talking about him, those misplaced passes, and there were the times where he, could, mm. he, he was a little bit sloppy. That's what I'm talking about. That we weren't anywhere near hundred percent. Most teams have to play out their skin to get a result at Arsenal. We weren't nowhere yeah. near. We weren't nowhere near. Um, John, anything to add there? Um, yeah, with the Basuma one, like the shade against him, like Rick just summed up, was is is mad and like the disrespect for these players going into this game. I think basically people just have short memories. Like Basuma completely destroyed Arsenal for Brighton on more than one occasion when he was there. Mm. It's like they just forgot he existed, and this is what happens a lot with football: is like how quickly things change. Um, that people are looking at basically last year's form. Same with Son, right? Like Son, I said it many times before that Son has got more goals than Dennis Burkamp. If you ask any Arsenal fan, who's better, Burkamp or Gabriel Jesus, they'll all say Burkamp. Right? But when it comes to Son versus Jesus, they're somehow making some argument like it's mental to play Son down the middle in a combined 11 because Jesus is available. What are you talking about? Because last season he didn't have a great season. Like just honestly, shut <coughs> your mat. Shut your mouth. Yeah. You, you just don't know what you're talking about. Son is one of the best strikers the Premier League's ever seen. He's got shit loads of goals. And everyone was, you know, everyone was talking about what a great partnership with Kane. Well, he's, Kane's gone and he's just banging goals again. And he's playing down the middle and he looks great. He is a quality Premier League all timer. And we've got him and we're lucky enough to have him. And players like Basuma, exactly the same bracket. People just forgot because last season he didn't have a good season. Well, guess what? You're going to fucking find out this season, you mugs. Little slags. Nice. Little pricks. <laughs> um, that, Jesus as well. Like He is clearly a good footballer, but he's not as good as they make out. And he's shit. He's, he's shit. <laughs> I don't think he's shit. He's Right, he's he fucking, yeah, fucking his shit. Um, but he's fucking mate, he's, look at his chance. He fucking smashed it over. He's dog shit. If he was Son's just burying that, bang. Yeah, fuck off. Hundred percent. Crap. If D he... during the social, uh, <laughs> John goes to me. 
Look at Jesus' face. He always looks like he's he's confused, and the camera just panned onto him, and he's just doing this confused face. It's just so funny. Keep watching him and look at his face. He looks like he just doesn't know what's happening. <laughs> if he was that good, if he was as good as Arsenal uh, fans make him out to be, he would wouldn't be at Arsenal. He'd be at Man City, and that's the long and short of it. Um, Thanks. Yeah. Well, he's look all right. He's all right, but he's, he's no—he's nowhere near as good a son. Don't ever fucking compare them two again. It was disgusting behaviour. People trying to say that Gabriel Jesus is the best striker than son. Fuck off. It goes back again. Never mention that again. It, again, it goes back to that exact same thing with, um, with, with them getting credit merely because he plays for Arsenal. And there's enough exactly. of them online spouting this bullshit. Like the Premier, just because it's Tottenham, the, the disrespect to Tottenham. Everyone hates yeah. us. Everyone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they do. They we don't want to see it. They, I, mate, I, I, yeah, I we love it. it. We, we, fucking love it. we love it, don't we? What? Uh, what <laughs> you used to go spit in my mouth. I don't care. <laughs> um, I mean, you just look at and, and Jesus is, regardless of whether or not he's a good footballer or whatever you think of him, John, he's he can't stay fit. He's played yeah. one game in the Premier League this year, three subs, he's got one goal. Huminson has played six. In the Premier League, scored five, average rating of seven point four eight. Shut your fucking mouth. If you think, if like, and, and some um, Spurs fans were guilty of it as well, that maybe he's getting leggies, caught up with him, times caught up with him. No, Conte was a fucking terrorist that was destroying our club and our players from the inside out. Look at him now. Look how fucking happy he is. I, I absolutely so adore the man. So good. Does he look like he's thirty-one year old? Either. I mean, his goals were the the, the first goal goals was, were quality. Yeah, the first goal was was especially good because you know he just had these players surrounding him, and he's just—it was almost similar to, well, it was almost identical to Kulusevski's goal against Bournemouth. Is it Bournemouth? Yeah, yeah I think it was. Um, yeah, 150 goals for Spurs. Uh, not many plays. If you go and look yeah. at his compilation, his goals are—I don't think there is a player out there that scored 100. There's tons that have scored 150, not as good as him. Like it's unreal no. some of his goals. What you can say, Rick? The, the, the goal, uh, his first goal against the Goons, when you hear it do, uh, donk off the post. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh absolutely Stiff as anything, mate. Donk. Yeah. 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 There's nothing better than seeing Spurs, Spurs players wheel away on mass when scoring at their swamp. <laughs> yeah. Like when, he's, when he... Oh, sorry, I was going to say, when he buries the second one as well. That like that nice net when you just like connect with like almost like a pass like a side foot and it just like smacks the net and just like such a nice thing and then he just does it like Van der Vaart runs around the back of the the goal and he's like just goes past the little section of the goon and is giving it the finger to shut your mouth and then just celebrate. <laughs> Fucking love Sonny man, he's the best. I think we was talking about it on on um, Q and A pod on Thursday, where we was just or maybe it was a preview, the Patreon preview. Um, we. I was saying I want one of those iconic moments from this game, like Van der Vaar, Eric Dyer, Shushin. We love a little shush dog, don't yeah, we? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's ours. <laughs> that's ours. Just shut up. What you just? You what? You happy about that penalty? Shut up. This is match. <laughs> that is the thing, though, Rick. Right? Is we're like, oh, fuff. I was just getting into the game. Played really well for start of that first second half. They get a fucking penalty, and you're like, no, like you just. You, just crying out for you. You and me said like Rick about not having anything mental happen during the game. That was one of the mental yeah. ones. Like a penalty yeah. you couldn't avoid. There's nothing. Romero did nothing wrong. It's just one of them things. And you're like, like this, that's kind of a luck thing, right? 
And I was just like, I just let, just why? Why is this happening? Like, why we don't deserve this? Fucking less than sixty minutes, seconds and later, to all that crushed them. I felt like that's that was the moment yeah, Arsenal yeah. started to break because they weren't playing well anyway. And I think that, that that was when they were like, oh shit, this isn't going to go away today. Yeah, totally. The momentum kind of like swung back with us within. 60 seconds and afterwards they were like oh, for fuck's sake like back on level pegging again and i just don't think that they had the, the 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 guts to kind of pick themselves up and go for it while we're talking about that um handball ref decision what did you boys think of the uh tackle on vicario from I, who, who was it from um uh, it was the Ken Ken Ketio, Ketio, right? Ketio. i thought red and when i've watched it back 100%. i was like how can this not how was that not a red his ankle was underneath him. His full body weight was going through his ankle. If he hadn't pulled it away, that could have been a broken ankle. He could have been out for the season. And he had no right to challenge for the ball. He was completely out of control. Like, there was no way that like he could have done... He, he was just a lot up off the floor, foot, foot in, totally cleared him out. I just, I just don't get it. If that was made, if that tackle was done like on field between two like midfielders, whatever... You would have seen a red for that. I, I think it goes back to I what John, John says. It's just, it's just, it's ineptitude. It's just that the people yeah. making decisions that not, that, that don't know what they're doing. Like I don't know what he was nowhere near the ball. He had no right to go 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 for it. He was out of control, and it was reckless. How many more yeah. examples of dangerous tackle do you need? It's so um, it's so frustrating watching watching it. I saw um. Uh, what's that geezer? What's the ref? Is it McDermott, McDermott, whatever his name is, and um, the one that, that does bits on Sky now? And he was he was shown the replay, and he basically was like, "Yeah, you know, I can see how it could be a red card because you know it's it's dangerous or whatever." But you'll see that he doesn't um, his leg, and Ketia's leg doesn't connect with Vicario, which is lucky. And I was thinking, you literally have never played football because <laughs> it don't matter about that leg whether that connects him because if the leg connects him, it just wipe him out, which is going to do him better what he did was worse which is that his leg that's tucked underneath if that hits his back his standing leg his left leg okay. that there's nowhere for you to go there and yeah. you're just going to break you're literally just going to snap his ankle in, in half so, he was only lucky because Vicario just got off the ground in time does it do you so have it don't to... matter about the leg connecting it's just wiping someone out and going over their ankle with your full body weight is that is actually going to do you way worse it can't, I don't and it's think... just that sort of stuff they don't have a fucking clue what I they're don't think about. the rule is though you have to connect it's the it's the nature of the challenge. You can't. Yeah, the intent in it. Intent to, yeah, because if 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 Vicario sort of Vicario sort of leaves his foot in there and takes the full force of it, then he could potentially break his leg. It was it, I didn't understand that at all, and I didn't actually make m much of a deal out of it at the time. It was only when we watched the replays today I was like, oh my god, that was much worse than I thought. Um, before we end, uh, just want to. Uh, bring a question up from Nick Harrison. Nick Harrison, ask the question. <laughs> With the way Chelsea are playing, we will even get a chance to give. Will we even get a chance to give Poch some stick in November, or will he have been gone, be given the boot by then? I think could well have be given the boot. I don't know what they're going to do. They don't give a fuck really. But I just weird. Like now that Chelsea have been so shit for so long, I don't even think about them. Like my feeling towards Chelsea at this moment is nothing. They're, they're not even significant enough to create any kind of hate. I don't. F I've, I've always considered Chelsea to be less, much lesser a rival than Arsenal. 
all of my hatred goes towards Arsenal, so there's not a lot left for Chelsea. And that's probably more insulting to them that I feel completely indifferent about their existence. Especially because they went away the way about winning trophies. John, do you need to go, by the way? No, I could stay for about okay. five minutes. So um, yeah, the, especially because they went away buying the league and stuff, it just became a nothing club. But there are plenty of Spurs fans out there that are absolutely loving this. Um, yeah. Are you going to give Poch a little boo when he comes back, Rick? Yeah, totally, man. Yeah. Totally. He, he, he needs to know what he did. He needs to know. You can't just... Um, you can't do that. He knew. He knew and he, he did it anyway. And the thing is, <coughs> like, at Chelsea, that they are in such uh, a mess that they've brought in so many players. Um, and if they were to get rid of Poch and they bring someone else in, that someone else is going to need players as well. So yeah. it's kind of like, they'll be like, oh, I can't work with these players. So you need to get me in who I want to come in. So they'll be spending even more money, even more players. It's just, it will just be a kind of a revolving door. But I think with the amount of money they've spent and with Poch's kind of uh, CV, if you will, uh, when he was at Tottenham yeah, and bringing, uh, bringing through a lot of the young players and working working with them and building a bit of a, a team spirit, a camaraderie, uh, a mindset that they, they'd be stupid to not think that it's not going to happen overnight. Um, and they are just going to have to sit and, and wait. And if they get into maybe um, next season and it's still nothing's materialising that they're happy with, then they'd probably ping him. But I'd be mad surprised if they got rid of him before we we get to play them. It just feels like he's, he's got a that they've got a system that isn't fit for football. The way they've gone about recruiting. You look at their players, yeah. they don't look great. I wouldn't take a single one of them at Spurs as, as it stands. It, that forward, Jackson, they've signed is okay. He's all right. But there's just yeah, nothing there. I don't, don't, there. I don't think there's any manager out there that could fix this right as it stands. How would they Wait, supposed to build um, chemistry with that amount of... <laughs> It's mental, isn't it? Their squad's a mess. Like I, um, I look at it, and it just reminds me of like Pro Evolution Master League team. You just start, and you're like, <laughs> these are all just like made up players. Right. I will have like, I don't no know who shade on Miranda. Players. Miranda was a baller. Yeah, mate. Or, they should bring in Ordaz in January and do bits up front. Don't worry about that. Stremmer at the back. Like it'll be Mate, this is too niche. I'm saying Salini. Mate, get Salini on. Anyway. Um, what I want to happen is I want Poch to survive until he gets to us and we're the game where he goes um, and like we, we pump them like it's one of those sort of four or five nil games where we we smash them to bits and do you remember that bit in seven where they go into that house and there's that really like skinny guy who's like been starved to yeah, death and they've hanged loads of those little, little trees the little Christmas trees because yeah. he stinks because he he's just like being kept alive just enough and he suffered really bad and he's chewed out his tongue and he's miserable or whatever and they find out that he was like you know a child molester and all the rest of it and then the um, the policeman just like leans over just gets really close and just whispers in his ear you got what you deserved that's what I want to happen to Poch <laughs> like when I'm in man I'm all in but if you fucking cross me in life or in football yeah. you are dead to me like it's over yes. so, good good uh, the booing Ricky if I get to the game yeah. I'm going to boo him with you boy we'll be we'll be going fully in like honestly get fucked I yeah. um, I again is a level of indifference for me but I when I see him talking for Chelsea I do feel sick As, like, like how Weird, why you really? could have gone anywhere you could have gone anywhere there are people out there, yeah. there, are, there are clubs out there that would have 
jumped at the chance to sign you as their manager. You know the history between the clubs. You were part of it in the Battle of the Bridge and you've pissed on it all. And you not, you yeah. might be a nice guy and, you know, as a fan base, before you did this, we were grateful for everything you you did and gave us back as Spurs fans, but it just means shit now. Yeah. Um, Shame. I don't, know, I don't know why he did it. I can't... I, I can't... I, could we all right. we all were like this, Ricky. Wouldn't you remember? He was like, I'd never do that. He'd never do that. Of course, he's not going to do that. It wasn't even a thought that crossed our minds. And then it was like, hold on, this might be happening. And then it is yeah. happening. And you're like, you fucking moon faced prick. What have you done? <laughs> what have you done? It's like, I guess what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, all right, boys, that'll do. I think nice one and um, we'll be back on Thursday for a Q&A podcast if you want more of this sort of stuff then we have Patreon go and join up it's the fighting cock no, it's patreon.com forward slash the fighting cock the link is in the bio on Twitter um, yeah feels good to be Spurs see you boys up the Peace. Spurs Network.